Today, we discuss Bigfoot with graphic designer, urban explorer, and our friend, Stu Forrest. Welcome back to All My Ghosts. So we are here with you. You are a uh, a couple things. So you're a graphic designer. Are you talking to me? Yeah. Oh yeah. So you're so you're a graphic designer. Yes. Uh, you designed the new logo for season two of All My Ghosts, and it's amazing, yes. and it's Thank it's you. beautiful. And it looks it. awesome. Um, and you're so you're a wild keeper ambassador for Keep Nature Wild. Yes. And you're a Bigfoot believer. Yes. Okay. Definitely a Bigfoot believer. This, so got to hear this. That's this is like Eric's dream come true because he has to deal with he has to deal with me and I don't believe in Bigfoot and we can go He's through all that eventually. What? But first, I want to kind of rewind a little bit. So, like our our thing, we're gonna we want to get to know people a little bit better. I've known you for several years. Um, I don't know how long I've known you actually, but um, for a while. And uh, I don't. What is a keep or what is a wild keeper ambassador? Uh, I basically it means I get a discount code to buy their stuff and wear it out. I mean, I have not been the best wild keeper ambassador, uh, but the whole point of Keep Nature Wild, if you go to their website, uh, is just going out to the wild and picking up trash. And uh, so it like serendipitously, I got accepted to be a wild keeper ambassador like right before my birthday this past year and so i got a cut like a few of my friends to go over to eagle creek park and like clean up and i i think that's a su- success story because there's usually tons of trash and we were there for hours and hours and pretty much every person we saw was like are you guys cleaning up trash and we're like yeah we're just cleaning up garbage out here and they're like oh that's awesome so then i had gone back out and like ran into people who were out there just like picking up trash and i'm like did i start something out here wow i will say the parks around indy are in need of kind of that love um yeah i used to hike at southwest way and it was really really bad um yeah it's pretty clean i mean there's like glass bottles and stuff but they're kind of charming like old glass bottles dumped in places that was the park and i think i actually mentioned it on a previous episode but that was the park where i found a deer leg nailed to a tree oh is that where you found the deer leg yeah and so like i was there by myself people always were like hey don't go to the parks by yourself like it's a, a big place for just people like I guess, like, deviants to hang out or whatever. And I was like, no, I'm not worried about it. I can take care of myself. And I'm, like, you know, deep into Southwest Way, which isn't huge. But um, I came to this fork in the trail. And on the tree at the middle of the fork, there was a deer leg just nailed to the tree. And I was like, one, how and why? And two, like, where's the rest of the deer? I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going on. It was, it was, not, it was not good. Well, do you check the other trees? Maybe it was scattered around. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I just kept hiking. I didn't. Uh, I didn't like look for more parts. I didn't find any more parts. I just. Well, was... see. 
usually like out in more back country than Southwest Way Park, like nailing parts of animals to a tree that you like can't use or eat is like a symbol, like to show other hunters, like this is what I caught here. So mm-hmm. like I've like read stories about people who are like fine trees, like out in Wyoming and there's deer legs nailed all over them. And they're like, what the fuck is, or what, what is this? What? And, uh, it's pretty like, it's just to be like, Oh, Hey, you know, I killed some white tailed deer out here or I killed a bison out here. They'll nail like a foot or a hoof or something. Can you hunt at the, at the city parks? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe so, it was like a warning. I have, I don't know. I don't think you can hunt. It was probably just someone being a deviant. Yeah, I mean, or they found a deer leg. It's probably like a teenager who was like, they found like a dead deer or like a deer part. I mean, I found like pieces of deer at Eagle Creek washed up and they probably just nailed it to a tree to be weird. I also stumbled into um, a homeless camp, which Whoa. I'm, I'm all for like, let people um you know camp out wherever they want to or wherever they need to if they don't have anywhere to go but i also know it's probably not the safest situation to like stumble into by yourself um nobody was there it was it was you know during the day and i think that whoever however many people were in the camp there was like three or four tents set up um had left for the day but i was like man i'm glad that i didn't just stumble into like somebody's makeshift home and like make them really mad about it but uh, the parks around Indy are, are interesting. Yeah, they are. So is actually where I saw tons of snakes and trees this past uh, spring. Saw, I think I saw a picture of that. Didn't like it at all. Um, <laughs> all the parks where I live now are so like man-made that there's, there's no snakes or anything like that. But, uh. um, and then Eric lives in New Jersey, so it's like there's just probably whole dead bodies in the parks. It's fine. <laughs> probably. There's dead bodies Not nailed to the trees. So, yeah, I've seen the pictures that you post on Instagram where you're, like, picking up trash. So that's you doing work for Keep Nature Wild. Uh, like, as, as a representative, an ambassador. Okay. So they give you the merch that you wear, but it's not I, like you not like... You get a discount code for the merch that you wear. I spent a lot of money at their store. I've seen, I follow them on Instagram because I saw that you were an ambassador and their shirts are really cool. I like them. Yeah. Um, their shirts I would feel really like kind of a poser if I was wearing them because I, I <laughs> like to stay inside my house, but um, they're, they're pretty cool. They're fun shirts. Yeah, I like them. Um, so you, I also wanted to bring up because you and Eric have this in common. You, I, or at least I've seen you do this. You'll do like urban exploration. Oh yeah, I was totally uh, creeping on Eric's Instagram feed. Yes. So go into this a little bit. Like, why do you do it? Where do you try to go? And you guys can like kind of swap stories because Eric has seen, I like the pictures of that mid-century modern house that I want to move into, even though yeah. like it's half collapsed. Like, chat that out. Talk about it. <laughs> I'm too chicken to go into abandoned buildings, but have have I'll a go. go myself, but I'll go with other people. Definitely, I go. I would rather go with other people, but I don't know a ton of people anymore who are like, yeah, let's do that. So I usually end up going by myself. One of the big ones that I want to go to, and I've got to find some other people because there's no way I'm doing it by myself, is going up to Gary because everything up there is abandoned. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think I will do it by myself. Go with him, <laughs> Gary. I so 
not to offend any Gary, like our two listeners and Gary, but um, Gary is a place that I would typically not go to unabandoned buildings, let alone the abandoned buildings, just personally. Yeah. I've been lost in Gary before. Um, other than it being the birthplace of Michael Jackson and at one point the murder capital of the United States, I don't think it has a whole lot going for it. So It really doesn't. You can buy, they've got like a they want people to move there, so they've got a property program where you can buy like a plot of land for like a hundred bucks. But you have to live there for a full year to get that discount. And I've seen mm-hmm. the properties that are for sale, and I'm like, mm, I don't think I think like there's no door on this house. I don't want to move in it. Yeah, um, I was driving. I used to have to drive up to Chicago a lot for work, and I was driving to Chicago, and there was construction on the interstate. And I accidentally got off the interstate in Gary and was just driving around trying to kind of find my way back to where I should be. And it, it was just not extremely welcoming. Um, but I also, like, I have a coworker who is from Gary and her whole family lives up there and she loves it. So I think it's just a matter of perspective, probably. Oh, it is. it's like a comfort zone. I mean, if you, like, grew up there and you live there, it's fine. Yeah. It's like when people go through Zionsville and they're like, wow, this town is kind of Stepford-ish. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's whatever. It's fine. You're fine. Is that the part of Indy that you're in? You're Zionsville? Yep. Okay. Yeah, Zionsville, I only lived in Indy for like five years, but Zionsville was like the the kind of like Carmel adjacent township, I think. Like yes. In the view of, of how things were. Like it wasn't like Irvington or anything like that, so... So you've also, like, I've seen you go live on Instagram a couple of times. You found, like, a roadside diner. Oh, yeah. Over it. It's actually, like, in between uh, Lebanon and Lafayette. And so that was, like, you you weren't alone at that one, I don't think. No, Matt was with me. Okay, so it was, like, was it spooky or was it just fun? Like, how does... When you're exploring an abandoned building, like, are you doing it because you like the decay or are you looking for, like... Bigfoots, like what's what's the what's the deal? Uh, I, like I don't know. There's like a mentality with people who do urban exploration, and they like you know purely do it. Especially the people who like video it or photograph it. I watch a lot of uh, exploring with Josh, who he seems like a sweet idiot. Uh, to put it nicely, the the guy just I mean he gets to see everything all over the world and. I'm like, yeah, I should have been vlogging this, you know, years ago, and maybe I could have gotten on top of that. But I don't know. Like, the mentality of it is kind of uh, documenting. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of the more I talk to my older family members, the more I, like, feel a little bit more galvanized, like, the older I get. Like, uh, my dad tells me stories of Zinesville all the time about uh, places that used to be there. And you can't find any, like, photographic evidence that anything was there. There was a train station in Zinesville that uh, was like one of the main stops. It's where uh, Abraham Lincoln uh, got out on his way to give like uh, the address four score and seven years ago. Uh, And Zinesville is like very proud of the fact that he stopped there, but the train station he actually stopped that and I guess commented on and talked about how beautiful the architecture was is gone. It was like torn down in the uh, seventies to make way for property development. And if there were, and there's no photos of it, like nobody, you know, only the people who saw it with their own eyes, uh, even remember what it looks like. And, you know, they're dying off left and right. 
So there's, you know, definitely an air of, you know, archivist. Like, you know, you're getting photos of it, and with the advent of the internet, you're putting it on there, and it's there forever. So, you know, you know it's not locked up in the basement of some uh, historical society. It's out there for people to see. Uh, and I've told cops that when I've been caught, which leads to the next part of the question. My biggest, like, concern is usually, like, other humans being there. Uh, mm -hmm. Usually police who think that I'm there either doing drugs or vandalizing. Yeah. Are they typically understanding, or do they just, like, tell you to leave? Totally dependent on the person. Totally dependent. I had, like, one cop who, like, he was, like, threatening to arrest me. Like, he was trying to find a reason to, like, take me away right then and there. And, like, literally, he couldn't do anything. And uh, I had another one who, when I told him what I was doing, I, like, I was just like, yeah, I, it was down in Tennessee, even, uh, in this abandoned house. I was just like, uh, yeah, I was like, you know, I'm urban exploring. And he, like, had no idea what it was. And I told him what it was. I showed him some of my photos. And he was like, oh, those are really good. And then he was just like, well, hey, come up here. Like, I'll show you this. Like, and he started telling me the history of this house. And, he, like, I don't know. He, like, he was all for it. And I was just like, oh, sweet. And he, like, called in his partner to, like, come and join us. And I'm like, okay. That's crazy. Like, this this is this is working. Uh, and then I've had, uh, I worked with another guy who was a sheriff's deputy in Boone County. And I had mentioned to him about this house that had burned down. Uh, you could still get in the basement. And uh, he asked me what I was doing after work. And I was like, I'm going to actually go check out this basement. Because this house burned down. I, I kind of just want to see what's in the basement. And he was like, oh, do you know the property owner? And I was like, uh, no. And he was like, oh, so you're trespassing. And I'm like, it's burnt down. I was like, it's literally just like, <laughs> it's timber and a basement. I was like, I'm literally, I'm just going to walk down some stairs and see what's there. He goes, well, if I catch you out there, I'm going to arrest you. I'm like, oh, jeez. Wow. Okay. Wow. So this is a good segue because I've been, um, I've been exploring your website. And uh, so stewforest.com, it's yeah. S-T-E-W-F-O-R-R-E-S-T.com. Um, and looking at some of your works, and you have the Indie Landmarks section. Yeah. And so is that where that inspiration came from? Is kind of, uh, I read the description about uh, the Greek Revival architecture, and you said that um, you showcasing the buildings that survived the destruction of the 60s. So like, yes. is that why you did that project, is to kind of uh, document these buildings that may not be around forever? Or like, what was your mindset with that? Uh, kind of. It's, you know, I'm always working on stuff and i've got like lists of you know design and illustration projects that are all personal projects uh and to kind of like pitch myself to any sort of business or anything uh but it was pretty much inspired by that because i started doing those right after i went on the ghost walk downtown of the catacombs uh, mm -hmm. the city market and at one time there was actually talk of the city filling those in with dirt and there's the archway there, and that's, like, all that's left of this building because it burnt down. And then down in the circle, uh, all those, like, tall buildings and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, most of those, I, there used to be, you know, a lot more beautiful buildings that were there. I don't know. It's kind of like this lost heritage of Americana. Like, at one time, America, like, Indianapolis was actually known as an architectural center for the country. Uh, the ruins at Holiday Park were one because Indianapolis was considered the leader in progressive uh, Greek Revival architecture and was considered one of the most beautiful cities to feature it. Uh, and then, you know, 
Indiana went through the depression of the 70s and 80s and kind of started just going to boxy everything. And so I like, you know, an urban exploration is about that. It's about capturing something that people may have forgot. Yeah. And for for people who don't know, um, Indianapolis is very round and the center of downtown is a circle and it has the soldiers and sailors monument, which is really like a beautiful structure, but then it's just kind of surrounded by kind of boring looking skyscrapers. Yes. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it's interesting that you, that you're like documenting these buildings. You've got Mir- the Mira theater, which is really like a gorgeous building, but then it's also just kind of surrounded by like, well, now it's kind of surrounded by like condos and yeah. you know like businesses and things like that. So it's, it's interesting to see how it's changed over the years and kind of what it could have been had those other buildings stuck around, I guess. What yeah, are like, some of your other like favorite projects that you've worked on, things that you've done? I know the one that stuck out to me on your website was one, your portrait illustrations are amazing. And two, the, the six Mary murderesses. Uh, I thought, Oh really yeah. Cool. Uh, actually that one, like that was a fun project. I really liked it. Uh, because it's named after Chicago, the musical, but also like female serial killers. Because I'm weird. I'm just I'm a I'm a weird guy. Uh, I I don't know. Like female killers are really interesting. Uh, and one of the biggest ones was here in Indiana, up in Laporte. She uh, Belle Gunnis. Uh, she owned a pork farm and she killed up to seventy men. She put out. She was the ultimate catfish. She put out a paper nationwide uh, and in Scandinavia and got men to like leave their like families and stuff to come marry her and, you know, live comfortably. And then they would disappear forever. Uh, Is that the one where where within like the last like 10 to 15 years, they started digging up the entire farm and finding bodies. It was like two within like the first year, like her, it's a super interesting story. And whoever hears it, you should just Google it and read everything for yourself. Cause there's just layers of it. And it just like, it keeps going. When people started noticing that there were, like, this male family member who said he was going to run off and marry this, you know, uh, Indiana woman, uh, they never heard from him again. People started, like, going there. And this one guy was, like, real big. Like, he, I think, flew here from Norway. And it was like, yeah, my brother went missing. He went to the local police. And it's kind of a tale of, of police being ineffective. And they also kind of buried it like in she, you know, she kind of got away with it. She murdered her husband and got away with uh, an overlapping insurance policy. He died on the day when two insurance policies overlapped. It was one day only and he died on it. So she got money from both. Yes. And she burned down her own candy store and she murdered like five of her own children. Uh and the her stepdaughter is the like only surviving one because she went away to private school, and she faked her own death. Uh, they uh, when her farm burned down, they found her and her two surviving children in the basement, and they were burnt pretty badly. But Belle Gunnis was missing her head, and oh they were like, and even like back then is you know I think late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Even then. They were the medical examiner was like, if I put a head on this, it's still going to be about like, I think it's like five or six inches shorter than Bell Gunnis actually was. And the cops were just like, nope, that's Bell. We're done with this. Like case closed. She murdered all these people or she murdered a few 
helpful because we found like 10 bodies and that's it. Let's put some dirt over it and be done. Uh, but there's a family who lives on the property now. They've got like a, you know, a modern home because it was just they buried everything. And I saw a documentary where they were. Uh, uh, they've got like a four wheel track and like the family's just and they're just like a normal, you know, country family. And they're like, we find bones out here all the time and we take them to the police and they refuse to look at anything and even then they were just like oh we just found this actually and it was like a thumb bone from a human what and the police were just like nah it's yeah because it's it's all generational i think the sheriff of laporte now is related to the sheriff of laporte then so it's like this shame just is getting passed on rather than some truth being exposed Moving into uh, our main topic of discussion, that yeah. is Bigfoot. Um, you're so not our, corn out there. There's, uh, you know, more than corn. There could be more Bigfoots in Indiana. So yeah. our big question that we ask everybody who comes on the podcast is, what do you believe in? And what do you, is there anything you don't believe in as far as like the supernatural goes? <laughs> um, I don't, I don't. No, I don't know. Maybe there could be things I don't believe in, but then again, like there's always, I don't know. It's like the possibility of it, I think is more fun than saying, no, that doesn't exist. And I'm never going to allow the possibility of that in my head. Uh, I listen to a lot of uh, uh, creepy podcasts like uh, Darkness Prevails. He tells stories that people submit or off Reddit. And there's like stuff on there that you know i would i you know if you were like oh my god i saw this i'd be like you're a liar but then i'm listening to it and i'm like oh my god this has to be real uh so i i don't know i'm open but i don't know if there's anything definite that i would say doesn't exist so yeah i'm on the fence about a lot of things no i think i think to a certain extent like that you know Things, things out there exist that we don't know or can't explain. So I'm, I'm always open to something, you know, being true, even though, you know, someone might not think it is. But that, that whole mystery that something else could be out there just besides you is, I don't know, what I believe in. That's where I run into problems with Bigfoot. And I've talked to both of you separately about my... Uh you know, my lack of belief. I, I accept the knowledge, like, the, I accept the fact that Bigfoot could be completely real. Right. Whatever. But I just have a problem with the world is, like, unless you're talking about the ocean, the world is not exactly uncharted territory. And so I just, I mean, are they hiding? Are we just not looking in the right places? That's what I struggle with because I feel like, we would have found something conclusive by now. There's actually a podcast that I had listened to where this, um, I believe it was a professor who actually answered a lot of those questions as to why we don't see, we don't see them or why we don't like find their bones in the woods. And it was actually pretty compelling. And I would, I, um, I forget the name of it, but I would totally suggest people to check it out because Maybe Let's just say what's the name of it? I I can't remember what the name of it is. I'd have to go back onto my Spotify playlist. But he made some compelling arguments about like reasons of why we don't find like bones or hair in the woods. 
like certain animals feed off of bones they feed off of uh hair like porcupines and 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 because the woods are so vast that by the time you get out to the middle of where this could be they're gone so i i'd have to come back and follow up with that with the name of the podcast and what episode it was but it was really interesting to listen to and to think outside the box with that and i've heard people say you know sasquatch bigfoot whatever you call them they may bury their dead you know they may be more similar to humans in that aspect than not and i'm like that's fine but also that would be really convenient for people who can't find proof that oh it's because the dead ones are buried i don't know i'm i don't know why i'm so skeptical about it but Stu, um what's your fashion what's your fascination with with bigfoot and the possibility of there being bigfoot well, you know, it goes back all the way to when I was a kid, uh, which I don't know. Do other little kids see? I saw the uh, Patterson Gimlin film on something when I was a little kid, like little, little. And I was just like, oh, my God, this thing is real. And of <laughs> course, you know, people are like, no, it's not real. And I'm like, but it looks so real. And then other people would be like, uh, it could be real. And I think like maybe like that helped me like, you know, lead to be creative or maybe that mindset already from when you're a kid uh, of it could be. So ever since it's kind of fascinated me. Uh, and then all the, you know, the unanswered questions on it fascinate me, you know, is it or isn't it real? Right. And then going back to hair though, cause I have a problem with hair analysis. Uh, you know, when they like analyze Bigfoot hair that people find and they're like, Oh, this is from a dog or a deer. They're not actually doing any sort of genetic analysis on it. They do a comparison analysis, right? Put it next to a known sample and be like, this is it. But those can be wildly wrong. And if you don't have the samples from this being, you can't compare it with another sample because you don't have it. So now you have a sample that's sitting here that you don't know. You can only compare it to the samples that you do have. So it's kind of, to me, that like, I don't know, it's like, is it or isn't it? And they, you know, they're like, oh, well, if you look at the follicle of this one and the diameter and whatnot, but there's, you know, human conditions where, like, genetic conditions where, you know, you can take two people's hairs and put them next to each other and they'll be like, well, one of these is human and the other one is not. And they're, you know, you'd be like, no, they have this disease. And they're like, oh, well, that makes sense because it does this to their hair. Like redheads generally have uh, thicker, either thicker or thinner diameter hairs. And like a comparison analysis would not list it as human if it was compared to another human's hair. Who's not a redhead. So you think they're just looking at these hair samples and saying, well, this looks a lot like a skunk or whatever it may be. So this is what it must be. Yeah. I mean, they don't go into any sort of like genetic analysis on it, either because it's really expensive or because there's no genetic material to get from it. Because hair doesn't actually contain like a ton of genetic material. You can get some from it, but it's usually from the hair bulb and not the hair follicle. Mm hmm. Interesting. I've never thought about even like hair analysis as a reason. I don't look into Bigfoot that much just because I'm so skeptical about it that I don't try to find (laughs) proof to prove me wrong necessarily. Um, I know you've sent me some videos before um, 
with and the one that stuck out and it actually scared the crap out of me was the guy and i don't remember if i sent it to you or you sent it to me but there was the guy who was filming outside of his house he lived like in the middle of montana or something and he's hearing these like screams in the woods and then he starts hearing gunshots oh you sent that to me yeah okay and so like that was the first one that i watched and i was like what's out there and why is somebody shooting at it and then like it all just stops uh i looked it up that that was in oregon i think on a reservation and so i mean not a huge difference but i am a nerd and i did look it up so do you think that that was like something going on or do you think it was staged like what are your thoughts on videos like that where we don't see anything but the audio is really compelling you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say the audio is probably the best evidence we have of Bigfoot. Uh, there's a documentary. There's two of them. And there's like a whole book thing called uh, Missing 411. And it's all about people going missing in national parks. And there's, you know, people I've who think about that. I, like the, the documentaries are pretty good. There's a, one about hunters going missing and then like a general one that just kind of an overview. And it's a little, it's definitely more down to earth. It asks the question, like, what happened to these people? And it's mostly about kids, this one. And I think both of them are on Amazon or Hulu. Uh, you can find one or the other on Amazon or Hulu. Uh, and the Hunters one definitely goes more into uh, the kind of, like, the Bigfoot side of it. Uh, there's guys who used to go, I don't, I, they were really general about it, so I don't even know what state, uh, to go hunting and they actually recorded these sounds that they were hearing. They built like a makeshift uh, cabin out of just like fallen trees out in the woods uh, to go hunting. And they said that every time they'd go up there, they'd start hearing these like hollers and whoops and like knocks and stones being thrown and all this crazy stuff. So then, you know, it was a, like a group of guys and they, you know, when they're young, they all looked like good old boys. You wouldn't expect them to be like this stuff exists, but they uh, recorded the first uh, audio recordings of it uh, and you hear like the, and it's the same like hollering that's what gets me is like uh, it's the same sound so even though you've got ones where they're uh, kind of chattering and it almost sounds like language or you've got ones where they're knocking but like the one uh, with the gunshots it's a similar sound it's like this long range uh, low sound you know infrasound that's being put out by an animal and like that's what gets me that's what really compels me to really you know believe and you know gives me the creeps is that you know that sound that's being made i would say the skeptical part of me would say they're like playing the recording of these other sounds to get it but you don't hear that i don't know like if you listen to it a couple times you don't hear a pattern in it so it's something else making a similar sounding thing, you know, like a human yelling out. It sounds similar, but you know, it's not the same. No, the sounds of the ones that I've heard, they, they sound human adjacent, but there's no way that without like severe editing that it could be like that guttural and that yeah. loud and that I mean, it, haunting. It is haunting. And I think I sent you the video of the couple on the side of the road. Yeah, I hate that because their little kid is like listening to it as well. And you can yeah. tell that it's not fake because the kid is reacting and and the, like the lady is reacting. She's like, I don't like this. And, and you, uh, yeah, it's like, here. 
and you can hear there you know it's coming from different directions and it's you know that that same infrasound guttural noise that just oh gosh like it chills me to the bone so what are your thoughts then so you say audio evidence is probably better than video, but why do you feel like there's so little video evidence? Because I feel like the stuff that we've seen in the past is like the blurry camera, like, you know, somebody's filming on their 35 millimeter or eight millimeter or whatever. And it's like, you can't really tell what it is, but there's a, a, a you know, something walking on two feet and it's, it's large and hairy. So why in 2020 have we not been able to capture like, clear footage of something like this out in the woods good answer to that is uh then just recently uh i've got a family of foxes who like live in the cul-de-sac uh that my street is on mm-hmm. uh and they're you know they're really active you can hear them all over the place they like wake me up all the time in the middle of the night uh which if you've never heard a fox if you've never heard one before and know that's what it is it sounds like some kind of like death bird it it's the craziest like sound. Someone's screaming, like a woman or someone is screaming. Uh, like a dead woman, like some kind of ghost yeah. screaming. It's, it's, it's the weirdest sound. I, I've I heard it. That. It's it's frightening. But so uh and so there's like a mom and like two younger ones. And you know, like younger animals are less prone to be afraid of people. So I'm always trying to get like photos of them. And I'm pretty bad about, you know, baiting them with you know cold cuts and steak. Uh, but even then, like, you know they get right by me. I still just get blurry, crappy photos. Uh, Cause it's so hard just to, you know, get them where I can get a photo of them. And there, if, you know, I'm in a town, you know, I'm in a, you know, developed area trying to get a photo of a well-documented animal and still having trouble. So if you're trying to get a photo or video of a non-well-documented animal out in the middle of nowhere, I think it's just going to be 10 times harder, especially one that might have an elevated, you know, level of intelligence where it knows what a camera is. It knows that you're trying to get a video of it. So you think they're like actively hiding and they don't want to be found or they're scared or what? All of the above, probably. Okay. Do you think if we met a Bigfoot, it would be friendly or do you think it would like rip us apart and eat our intestines? I, you know, it could be about like any kind of great ape or any kind of person from a different, you know, area than you live in. It kind of depends on the individual, I would guess. I don't know. I can't really guess the psychology of a Bigfoot, but I listened to, I, I listened to this one podcast that's about uh, dogmen, which are basically werewolves. And that one I'm a little, you know, skeptical of, even though it still like scares the crap out of me. But there's lots of people who encounter who like they go on and they'll talk about their experience. And like there's a lot of them who are like, yeah, you know, like I know like the there's Bigfoot around. Like, you know, I've seen them. I can like tell when they're around and they're just kind of curious and they don't bug me. They're like, but this dog, man, this was terrifying. And part the skeptical part of me is like, OK, so Bigfoot's just like a passing fancy. We got to step it up a notch. Let's talk about werewolves. But then I'm like, well you know, maybe they're right. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, don't know how I feel about dog man or, you know, Jojo, the dog faced boy or whatever it may be. But, <laughs> um, so I found, he, I found the podcast. Sorry. Uh, it's called other people's lives. 
And the episode is called I Track Down Bigfoot. And it's about the founder of the Blue Mountain Bigfoot Research who talks about his scientific approach to tracking down Bigfoot and answers some of the questions as to why you don't see it, uh, why you can't, you know, like find bones and hair. Um, so they interviewed this guy and I think it was just really interesting to listen to what he had to say. And whether you believe it or not, I mean, it's offers, you know, some idea of why we might not see these these things. Yeah, and there could be a thousand different reasons. Right. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of the time we're influenced by, like, what we see in pop culture and things like that. And so, you know, if, if you've ever seen a movie about a Bigfoot... When I was a kid, there was this movie, and I can't remember what it's called. And the only part of it I remember is that uh, the family... There's a family in a car, and they're out, like, oh, in the, yes. the Yellowstone. Harry you know and the Hendersons? Yeah, Harry and the Hendersons. No, no, no. This is a horror. This is like a horror movie. Oh, a horror movie. Oh, yeah. Wow. And so the family's in their car and they pull off the side of the road so that the daughter can go pee in the field. And they hear her start screaming. And so the mom and dad run through the field and they find the daughter and she's like, oh, I found a snake. It's so scary. And they're like, oh, don't scare us like that. But then their son in the car starts screaming and they turn around and there's like this Bigfoot and it ripped him out of the car and like took off with him into the woods and they never saw him again. And that's all I remember from this movie. I don't remember what the movie was called. If anybody knows, please tell me. I would like to watch this movie. So if you can find the name for me it. Me too. I think it was like early 90s. I don't remember what it's called. It sounds awesome. But it was, I remember being scared of it. But I also think that that kind of warps our thoughts on what a bigfoot is like it may not be this creature that goes hunting for small children in their cars or whatever it may just be something that wants to be left alone like a deer or you know it may run from us when we see it and that's why it's so hard to get a glimpse but i think we kind of think of them more as like frankenstein type monsters that are just big and grunty and want to want to kill so maybe that's part of my disconnect is thinking like well where are they at why can't we see them maybe they just don't want to be found Potentially. I've heard a, a few stories that uh, there was this one, I think it was uh, I think it was a podcast. He's got YouTube videos for sure. And he, but he like he'll read stories that I think people write in specifically to him. And it, but there was this one that like uh, like part of it, like what he had to say was really haunting. And he was talking to, like this guy. I was writing in about like going hunting with one of his friends and uh like his friend disappeared like he heard him screaming and he never found him and they never like found this guy and he said something about how uh, like he knows that there's something out there and he knows that we're not at the top of the food chain so you're somebody who you spend a lot of time in nature you're in the woods you do the urban exploration have you ever had an experience with anything maybe you don't even think it was a bigfoot have you but have you ever had like a supernatural experience of your own that just freaked you out I've never had a Bigfoot experience. I don't know if I want to. Uh, I, I maybe want to. Uh, it. I, I don't want to think about it because then I'll freak myself out. Uh, if it was a friendly experience, I'd say, yeah, like I'm all for it. Uh, I don't know. I've had, you know, I've been out and suddenly got that. I've been I like I'm being watched. Yeah. Feeling and kind of chalk it up to just like animal psychologically like that being you know like the feeling of being watched is your brain taking in everything like you know all your senses taking in everything around you and subconsciously putting things together so you may actually be being 
and watch that you don't consciously know it, you subconsciously know it. Uh, because Great. you can't you can't consciously process all that information, but your brain can and kind of put it in the back of your head like, you know, something is watching me. And I've had that feeling a lot. Uh, but I also kind of turn into an unobservant like boob when I'm like out wandering. I'm just like, oh, it's so pretty. I'm just going to keep walking and not pay attention to anything. Uh, well, and I'll say when you were on Instagram live and at the diner, one, I wasn't. I was taking in the diner, but I was also looking for like a murder clown in the corner or <laughs> like signs that there was a cult in there with you or something. But I felt like I was being watched, and I was sitting in my living room just watching your video play. So, and I think there was a point well, where you found like the basement, but it was maybe caved in, or there was something covering the staircase. Yeah, and I was, it was like, don't go down there. What are you doing? It was like watching a horror movie because I was trying yeah. to tell what to do my life i feel like I, mean, I should do that too next time i go somewhere is recorded or do like a live thing just because it's i never thought how other people would see it other people doing it it's cool I, i'm usually like really busy taking photos and it's really close to my house so this was actually a second pass through i think i'd gone out there the day before taking photos and then uh one of my friend's brothers was like, I've always wanted to see the inside of it. You should do like a live stream. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And it was supposed to be like, I was going to go every weekend and do this, but all the places I want to go are all either being torn down or occupied. Uh, well, and but, even in that video, you were saying like this window wasn't broken yesterday. This door wasn't open. So there had obviously yeah. been somebody else there. Yeah. Within 24 hours, somebody had gone in and like, I mean, somebody was there and I don't know, you know, I, I don't know who was there or what they were doing. Uh, again, like the biggest, like, you know, doing that, the other people who may be there is what freaks me out. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I could bring myself to go into a place that I don't know what's going to be greeting me in there. Um, even if it's just like a family of raccoons, I still would probably <laughs> like not be cool with that. And that place was, it was awesome and it was great and it was pretty, but I wouldn't have been in there. You're all about this, and I can't remember where you were telling me about. There was somewhere, I want to say it was Colorado or somewhere between here and Colorado, but there's like an abandoned town. Oh, Campbelltown, the ghost town. Have you been there or you're going there? I want to go there. It's, okay. a, it's a legit like gold rush ghost town that even locals don't even know it's there. Uh I've only found a few photos of it online, and one of them was right before, uh, it was only a couple months before I, I drove out to Oregon, and if I would have known about it then, I would have stopped, but I didn't. Uh, and it's not even on, like, a ton of ghost town maps, but there's still, like, standing buildings and everything, but it is in the mountains. And on my way back is when I was going to try to check it out, but it was snowy, and I made the decision not to. But that's also when I did, it, like, decide to explore an abandoned gold mine and dislocated my shoulder so do you do you ever worry because i've seen documentaries of people who just like disappear in the desert <laughs> and like maybe it was aliens or maybe it was a flash flood but do you ever worry that when you're doing these things that you're just gonna like vanish and know you'll be on an episode of unsolved mysteries one day like what's your mindset oh dude i try not to think about it because if i do i will just stay in my house and be a recluse for the rest of my life because I do. When I'm home, I think about it. When I'm like, I've got impulse control issues, and I'm kind of happy about it. Because when I'm out, and I like, like I see the Wonder Tower, I'm like, I'm gonna stop right right now and check this out. But if I'm at home, I'm like, 
that, you know, I'm never doing that again because I can just disappear and vanish. Who knows, though, because you could be like the last person that sees that place around before it gets trashed or vandalized or caught on fire or something. Mm -hmm. Like you might have been the last person that was able to take photos of that that pretty house or that, you know, landmark before it's gone. Exactly. I think I think sometimes that outweighs the option of just skipping it because you're scared because I don't know. You might not get that chance to be in that area or see that thing again. So when you, Eric, when you do urban exploration, do you do you like plot out where you're going or you just find places? Uh, both. A lot of times um, we'll use my friend that I will use like uh, Google Earth and we'll we'll look up like back roads or something to see if like, you know, like do like a street view or something to see if there's something there. And then other times we'll just be driving and just happen to see something and we'll either like check it out, scope it out and decide if we want to go in or we'll go back and check it on the maps to see if it's if it's empty. But yeah, it's kind of a little bit of both. Okay, I'm just too much of a chicken, I think. To, to <laughs> I can't do it by myself because I'm scared of something happening, like me being like kidnapped or like shot to death or something. So I have to like, if I see something, especially when it's by myself, I'll take a screenshot on my maps where where the location is, and then I'll scope it out on the maps, and I'll tell someone else about it, and then we'll go back together. So I'm not by myself. <laughs> see, Eric's doing it the smart way. I'm doing it the dumb way. I'm doing it the smartest way by just not doing it at all. So. But I mean, we're all okay and alive right now, so, I mean... Exactly. Eric and our other friend Eric are trying to convince me to go to Pennsylvania with them and spend the night in Gettysburg, essentially. Yes. yes. And even that, I'm like, no, because I will get separated from the group and you will never see me again. Like, a ghost <laughs> will eat me and I will die, and that's it's- that. Don't go anywhere. I never I never just veer off from the group because I know better. <laughs> we have I, to set up the ground rules of, like, one of you holds one of my hands, one of you yes. holds the other. Well, because I'm then, pretty scared myself, too, so I you would never find me veering off into the night by myself. That's, like, no way. If you make that trip, I will happily go with you because I've heard some creepy stuff about Gettysburg, and I'd love to check it out. Do Bigfoots walk among us? We may never know for sure but Eric and Stu seem to believe they do. Me, I believe there are things in this world we'll never understand, and that's okay too. Join us in two weeks for our next episode where we discuss what our friend Des calls his final destination experience. All My Ghosts is a Dead Oaks production. Music in this episode was Creepy 3, produced by Nick Critton. Follow us on Twitter, at All My Ghosts, and follow Stu on Instagram, at Stu Forrest. Until next time, stay creepy.
I had no intention of ever talking to old boy again. And I got a PlayStation. I mean, I'm not proud of the situation, but I'm happy that I have a PlayStation. I'll just say that.